Welcome to the Bring On Success program, everybody. I am Jim Clouck. I have a great guest today. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's an entrepreneur. He's a business owner. And last but not least, besides a fisherman, he is a husband and father. Marcus Sheridan, welcome to the program. Thrilled to be here, Jim. We're going to have a good day. We are going to have a great day, a fantastic day. I'm living the dream. I know you are. We had a chance to connect a few weeks ago in Orlando, and it was a pleasure meeting you there. Yeah, yeah. Great time in Orlando. And, you know, it's that time of year getting around and uh, speaking to a lot of different audiences. And, you know, my favorites are the blue collar ones. I've done a bunch of those uh, so far this year. So it's great. It's great to see some of the movements out there, too. It's crazy. Just last week, I was with um, um, a group of blue collar folks and they said, so let's talk about AI. And I was like, I never thought in 2023, I was going to be talking about AI with blue collar, but it's, it's what's up. This what's happening, man. So a lot of things happen in this world right now. Actually, when you spoke at the Softwash Palooza conference, mm -hmm. <clears throat> somebody had brought up Chat GPT. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, uh oh, well, all right, Marcus, catch the ball and run with it, and and you did great. And, <laughs> I mean, because that's the big thing now. I mean, everyone's trying this thing out, right? And you yeah. know, I've heard that maybe Google's going to have to really catch up. Um, I've even heard rumors are going to go out of business, but they probably won't. Well, they've been working on something uh, for a while, and they they actually have a system. Uh, it's it's a, and it's in beta, and they've got some testers out there already. I mean, you know, it, it, what what happened though is is Google's trying to be a little bit more conservative in terms of launch. ChatGPT comes out first to market, really with something aggressive like 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 well, ChatGPT, and and then suddenly. You know, there's more boardroom meetings happening at Google over the last 60 days than there had been over the last like five years, <laughs> yeah. right? But that's but that's what we see in the history of businesses again and again and again. Oftentimes, we don't move until we're forced to move by our competition, and the great ones, and, and not that Google isn't great as a business. I mean, whatever you want to say about them, I mean they. Their, their results speak for themselves, right? In, in terms of the impact they've had on, on the world and on our lives and, you know, their verb for Pete's sake, right? But the thing about it is that if you can be proactive as a business and not wait for your competitors to do this, that, whatever the thing might be, you know, I was, I was uh, just as a, and I know we're jumping ahead here, but I was had this uh, a couple uh, roofers come to me at a roofing conference the other day, and they said, "Marcus, we heard you like three years ago, and we put a pricing calculator on our website, which they were one of the first in the entire roofing industry to put a pricing calculator on their website." Uh, and most people listening to this right now would say, "There's no way a roofer could put a pricing calculator on their website." And of course, they did it, and they're killing it uh, because of it. Now, what happens though is they do it. And then two others do it, and then four others do it, and then it becomes the norm in the space, mm -hmm. and gets to the point where if you don't have one, well, you're not in the game. Just like there was a lot of people that resisted even a website, right, in 2000, and of course today, you 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 would never think about a business without a website, and we're getting that way with a lot of these other elements of, let's call it, the the, the buyer's journey, like calculators, for example. Yeah, you know what's interesting is you brought up something right now that I talk about all the time. If you go back, and I started my business, Checker Pro, back in 2005. Back in 05, there were home service companies that were just getting a website. And if you go back prior to that, everyone had to get a fax machine at some point. They had to get an email. They had to get a website, social media. And now podcasting and videos are huge. 
And it's, it's just amazing. And if someone doesn't do video, if they're not doing podcasting and that type of thing, if they're not educating their customer, then they are way behind. And this is a great segue to they ask you answer your Mm -hmm. book. Why don't you give us a little history of what happened back in 2008 ish with your swimming pool company, river pools. Yeah. So I started a swimming pool company in, in 2001 out of college with a couple of buddies and things were going okay for us. We were fighting to grow it, but then 2008, 2009, we've got the crash and we legitimately were going out of business. I talked to a few different consultants. They all said I should file bankruptcy, but the problem was, as you know, Jim, and many of your listeners know, business was tied to my houses and so my home or my business partner's homes. And so I would have lost my home if we would have lost the business. And we said, we've got to figure out a way how to, how to save our, our company. And that's when I started. And by the way, that's the beauty of pain and suffering. It forces us to do things that otherwise we wouldn't do. Right. It's always when we're in the valleys of life, right. That we find some of the greatest innovations and ideas. And we pull it out of us. Sorry to interrupt you, but but, but when, I mean, when you're down on the ground, getting your teeth kicked in, Mm -hmm. you realize that I am way greater than I thought I was. And when things are good and you're riding the great economy wave, and you're like, oh, this is easy. You really don't appreciate what you can do when you've been beaten up, like what happened to you guys in 08. Yeah, it's that NTL phenomena, nothing to lose, right? And so when you got nothing to lose, suddenly the world is your oyster. And so I started to read about the internet and because I, I had recognized how I was changing, how I was starting to use the internet for everything and how I was starting to vet companies so much more and become more and more informed as a buyer, right? So Uh, As I was researching online and seeing all these fancy phrases like inbound marketing and content marketing and social media blogging, whatnot, what I heard in my simple pool guy mind was, you know, Marcus, if you just obsess over your customers' questions, worries, fears, issues, concerns, and you're willing to address those on your website through text, through video, through audio, right? then you just might save your business. So I said, well, shoot, if there's one thing I can do is I can obsess over those questions, worries, fears, issues, concerns. I can address those on our website. That's what I'm going to do. We're going to become the best teachers in the world when it comes to, in our case, fiberglass swimming pools. And so over the next two years, every single night, literally every single night, I'd sit there and write an article or produce a video on my website after everybody in my house had gone to bed and uh, addressing a question, a worry, a fear. And we became the most traffic swimming pool builder website in the world. And it saved the business. And I saw that it was working so well that I started to write about what I and what we were doing as a company. And eventually that would become a book called They Ask You Answer. And They Ask You Answer has now been read a couple hundred thousand times around the world. It's been embraced by a lot, a lot of businesses, a ton in the home services space. It does extremely well because if you look at it, anything that involves heavy decision-making and research. Mm-hmm. Um, and it especially works well when you sell in the home. They Ask You Answer is just a home run for this. And so They Ask You Answer has been embraced by lots of people uh, within uh, different home improvement, home services. And uh, it's very, very exciting. It's very cool to see. And I'm getting crazy case studies almost every day now from people around the world. I'll tell you what's really amazing about this. And correct me if I'm wrong. 
but you're the pioneer in this. So when you were desperate back <laughs> in 08, and I've I've read your book four times. <laughs> I'm a big fan, right? I I mean I I'm telling you, we have adopted your system. Um, and, and we basically subscribe to it, if you will, for, for our clients. And it, you know, it just makes sense. So back in 2008, here you are, you're, you're scratching and clawing at anything. You did not know your investment at three o'clock in the morning by writing articles and blogging and, and recording videos was going to pay off. Did you? I, I didn't know, but I knew that was the only Real in my mind, option at that point, we, we didn't really have a plan B, right? It was like, okay, I can either lose my home, I can stay up late, and I can start to do these things, which is also why I don't always have a lot of empathy for people that tell me, yeah, we don't have the time to do any of this stuff, Marcus, because I can't really it. what it is is you don't you you're not you're not enough pain yet. <laughs> you start to feel that pain, suddenly we find the time to do that which we value, right? I mean, it's a, that's just the way that that life works. I didn't know, but within about six months, I knew I was onto something really special. And within a year, I knew my life would never be the same. What is inbound marketing for the people who are watching and listening to this? They hear about it. My audience and my clients are blue collar contractors for the most part. So they're really trying to get up to speed and stay on top of technology. So they've heard about this. What does that mean, inbound? Yeah, in simplest terms, it's the opposite of outbound, which was the traditional way, old school way that we would get in front of people. And that's that's really the phrase of, inbound, of outbound is you're jumping in front, you're interrupting people. And so in, the, in this case, outbound back in the day was radio and it was TV. These were the commercials that you didn't really want to hear, but they just were part of the program. It was the you know, the placement in some type of uh, publication, whatever that thing was. So all those things were were outbound. Inbound is when they're looking for you and they come to you. You're not interrupting them. And so the best analogy that I could give you is the classic middle school dance. And at the middle school dance, there's, a, we'll just call it two types of guys, and girls too, but just two types of guys. There's the guy that has the girls around him and he can choose who he dances with or is there's the guy that's tapping every girl on their shoulder and they're just really hoping they're not the one that he, he's going to tap <laughs> okay. right yeah. now which one has a better experience at the dance mm. well the one that can pick and choose has a better experience at the dance and so the idea is we as businesses attract those that we are aligned with so they don't feel interrupted by us because we've given them something and that something generally is knowledge, it's information, it's comfort, it's understanding, right? Because they're going through this thing called a buyer's journey, which by the way, it used to be called a, a sales process, but now it's clearly a buyer's journey because they're clearly in charge of how this game is played. Anybody that thinks otherwise is, is sorely mistaken. So they're going through this journey, just like you and I, we vet companies all the time. And whoever's willing to feed us the most, whoever's who is willing to be more honest, more transparent than anybody else, that's who we're probably going to be most aligned with. And then therefore, that's who we're probably going to reach out to, fill out that form on that website, call them directly. That's an inbound lead. And their closing percentages, of course, are much higher, one of which is because they really want to have a conversation, second of which is they're more informed than your traditional outbound lead. I love inbound. 
So for everyone who needs a little clarification, you much rather have someone not be sold by you. You rather have them buy from you. You do not want to sell people. You want to inform, educate, be available and spread those little seeds out there. And then when that buyer, that prospective buyer decides that they've sold themselves on your service and products, they will then contact you after reading about you, watching your videos, listening to podcasts. And that's the beauty of it. We all rather have someone buy from us than us have to sell. You are almost 100% more able to close when someone contacts you after they've spent a tremendous amount of time researching you. As a matter of fact, in your book, Marcus, you talk about, there's a couple of examples, but you talk about people who spent hours researching your pool company and it was like a slam dunk. Talk about that. Well, it's interesting. We have found this in pretty much every industry that we've worked with. Um, and uh, because I've got an agency that helps companies do, they ask you answer. So we've got incredible amounts of data. And what I found with my pool companies, what we found again and again, is that there's this tipping point number of, let's call it content consumption, that if somebody consumes a certain amount of content on your website, the, 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 there's a hockey stick growth when it comes to the closing rates. And so in our case with the pool company, what I found was if somebody read 30 or more pages of our website before the initial sales appointment in the home, they would buy 80% of the time. Hmm. Now, if they didn't hit that magical number of 30, the closing rates were roughly 25%. And 25% is the average closing rate in the swimming pool industry. One out of four homes you go into will turn into a closed deal. And so we could go from one out of four basically, to four out of five, simply by ensuring that they had consumed, in this case, viewed, watched, listened to 30 pieces of our content. And so that's when we said, oh my goodness, we got to change the way we sell. So we got very, very intentional about the way we sell. And of course, we call that today assignment selling. And um, assignment selling is something that you can Google real easily and, and find a bunch if you're listening to this right now on it. But especially in the home services space, it's it's stinking magical. And the, the way it works, Jim, is, you know, oftentimes if a prospect reaches out to us, we might, you know, ask them a few questions um, and then we say, okay, I'm coming out to give you a quote. But we haven't really done what we need to do to make sure they are well-informed, well-educated. They understand the basics mm. because the, the mistake that we oftentimes make, and this is and it's prolific in home services, as you know, is we spend way too much in the home, way too much time teaching, not enough time selling, right? In the sense that ideally, by the time you get to the home, when I say selling, what I'm referring to is they they already know the basics because they had heard it from you. They had seen it from you. They've already learned it from you. So they're not asking you things like, so what is it? What is the difference between a fiberglass and a concrete pool? What the heck? If somebody's asking that question, they're probably not buying that day because they should already know the answer to that question. That's my job as a salesperson to make sure they know that before I go to the home. So every person that's listening to this right now that's in sales, if I said to them, are there certain questions that when someone asks you this question, you know they're not ready to buy? Every single one that's been in the game for any period of time would say, oh, absolutely. There's just indicators that they're not ready to buy. If somebody says to me, well, how much does a fiberglass pool cost? Like, I've got no sense for it. Like, what what, what can I expect to spend? They're probably not ready to buy mm. because they have no sense for things. 
you know, it, 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 you know like I said, if, if somebody doesn't have, know the difference between the uh, types of in-ground swimming pools, they're probably not going to buy. So they should know these things. And so assignment selling ensures that they know these things by, if I'm having a conversation with you, Jim, and let me just give you a quick example of how it sounds, because anybody that's listening to this could do this, and it's going to make a big difference on you. So let's say hypothetically, Jim, you call me up. And say, yo, Marcus, I'm checking out your website. Could you could you come out to my house this Friday and give me a quote for a swimming pool or whatever the thing is, right? And I say, sure. Now, it used to be that I would just go out to the house, but understanding the power of these 30-page views and what it does to the closing rates, I would now say something like this. You say, Marcus, can you come out to my house this Friday and give me a quote for a pool? And I say, Jim, I'd love to come out to your house, but you're getting ready to spend a lot of money. And if you're going to spend a lot of money, I know you don't want to make any mistakes. And so as to make sure you don't make any mistakes, I'm going to send you two things while we're talking on the phone right now. So the first thing I'm going to send you is a video that shows you the entire install process of a fiberglass pool going in a backyard. So you're going to see what it looks like, the excavation, the pool going in the ground, the patio going around, the cleanup, the whole nine. And this way, when I come out to your house on Friday, you're not going to say to me, so Marcus, what does this process look like? You're already going to know. Now, time out. That just saved me 30 minutes on the sales appointment. Now, the second thing I'm going to send you, Jim, is a buyer's guide. This buyer's guide is great because it's going to answer a lot of the questions that you have about fiberglass pools that nobody's been willing or bothered to answer for you online. Like, should I get a heater with my pool? What's the best type of heater? Should it be gas? Should it be electric? Should it heat and cool my water? Should it be solar? Should I get a cover with my pool? What's the best type of cover? Should it be mesh? Should it be solid? Should it be solar? So this guide, it's a little bit long, Jim. It's about 30 pages, but I mm -hmm. promise you, it'll be well worth your time. Jim, will you take the time to review these things before our appointment? on Friday. And 90% of the time, Jim says, yes, sure, I'd love to. And if he does that, I know he's going to buy 80% of the time. The problem that most um, uh, folks, salespeople have when they have a sales appointment, they'll say something like, hey, I've got a couple of videos on my website, or I got this you know, one article. It'd be great if you could give it a look. That is a fail. Now, it's nice that you have those, but you need to learn to intentionally integrate them into your sales process. And this is the power of the teacher. This is the power of producing great content because the right of he or she who teaches is greater than the rights of he or she who does not teach. And so the fact that I have this mecca of information on my website allows me to say to you, here's my expectations before I meet with you, Jim. I want you to read this and I want you to watch this. And if you do that, it's going to save us a tremendous amount of time and it's going to prevent these mistakes. That's called assignment selling. Everybody should be doing it. Very, very few are. It is so simple, but it makes sense. And I learned this a long time ago when I um, started doing long form direct response radio. And I'll just quickly, you know, tell you what we do when we do the direct response long form radio. And long form is about an hour long radio show. It's like an infomercial, but we talk about the price. We talk about how long it takes to put in. We talk about what you get for free. And by the way, there's only 10 of these left, so you better call now. Everyone who calls knows who the owner of the business is because I interview them on the radio. Yeah. They know what it costs. They know how long it takes to put in. They know all the features and benefits. So when they call, they don't have any questions and they're like, when can you do it? Yes. And they're spending their time selling and not teaching or i.e., answering basic questions that the prospect should already 
No. You know, studies show, Jim, that the average buyer today is 80% through the buyer's journey by the time they reach out to the company. And so if that's the case, we've got to win the 80%. And the only way you win the 80% is by providing the information. And that's by doing long form radio, like you said, which is tr tr like it's tr incredibly smart, right? Because you're essentially mimicking a sales appointment that they can just listen listen to in their own way. And it's it's very, very powerful, right? Things like I'm talking about, educational articles, videos, all these things. We have this general, uh, especially when it comes to in-home selling and the home improvement space, We our, our, our general adage is the prospect, if they feel like they don't recognize us, our voice and our face, the first time we shake their hand, we have failed them. They should feel like they have seen our face, that they know our voice, and they have learned from us before we ever shake their hand. So that when that moment occurs and you're shaking their hand at the doorstep or wherever it might be for you in your business where you meet with a prospect, that the conversation's completely different because they already know you. It is so powerful when a client of mine tells me these stories about when they go to the house, that homeowner already knows that business owner. Now, sometimes the business owner can't go out to the home, so it's a technician, but at least they know the culture of the company and they've gotten to know one of the owners on the podcast or the radio program. So the homeowner feels comfortable and it's true of anything. If you think about advertising in general, this was this is more of the the outbound versus inbound for years. Billboards, radio, television, magazines, newspapers. You made a decision based on what felt familiar back then. It wasn't as much of the personal touch as it is today, but you might see the owner on TV talking or hear him or her on the radio or see them in a magazine ad. And you're like, I'm going to hire that guy, Frank. I feel like I know him. He doesn't know who you are, but you do know Frank because he advertises and promotes himself. And now we're at a whole new point. It's a whole new generation of this. People are getting their information. And they're making decisions. So explain content marketing. What exactly does that mean? Yeah, so content marketing is is essentially what we've been talking about. They Ask You Answer is a framework for content marketing. So content marketing is the process of producing educational content, text, video, audio, etc. So as to build trust and ultimately earn the business of the marketplace. That's all content marketing is. Now, the reason why I don't say the phrase very much is because people oftentimes say, okay, that makes sense, but like, how do I do it? So they ask you answer really was the first and, and now, of course, it's become the foremost content marketing framework. So it shows you exactly the types of content you should be producing and how you should be producing it so as to drive trust and then traffic and then leads and then sales, trust, traffic, lead sales. That's the domino effect, but you got to start with the content production. And that starts with knowing what are they asking? And if it's okay with you, Jim, I want to talk here about the five subjects that everybody asks about. And in the book, 
we call this the big five, right? And that's, yeah. and they ask you answer. There's these five subjects that you read about that run the economy, whether it's B2B or B2C, a product or a service that you sell. There's basically five subjects that consumers, buyers are obsessed with you, me, we. And here's the five subjects that we're obsessed with as consumers during that buyer's journey. Number one, we want to know how much is it cost. We're constantly researching things about price, costs, how to save money, things like cheapest. There's all these things that we research around money. Number two, we research problems, negatives, issues. We'll just call that problems. We want to know when we're really serious about something, that's when we want to know how could it blow up in our face? What could go wrong? Okay, so price, problems. Number three, comparisons versus. We love to compare stuff online, right? Think about it like in just the, uh, let's say the home improvement space for a second. Somebody comparing two different types of shingles, two different types of sh sidings, two different uh, types of you know applications for their sidewalk. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. I'm just giving you simple examples here, right? So we love to compare stuff online. Number four, reviews. We're obsessed with reviews, but the key to reviews is we don't just want to know the good. We want to know the good, the bad, and the ugly. We want to know both sides of the coin. And then finally, number five, we want to know the best. Best, most, top, right? So somebody might research best pool builders, Richmond, Virginia, right? So how many times have you researched the phrase best or a similar phrase to that online? So cost, problems, comparisons, reviews, best. Those are the big five. They run the economy of search. They literally run in many ways your business in terms of the lead gen that you get. And many people don't realize this. The reality though, Jim, is when I look at most websites, less than 10% of the content on the website is related to those five things. Mm. If you want to become the voice of trust in your space, you need roughly 70 plus percent of the content on your website discussing those five things because that's what real buyers, serious buyers want to know, want to understand. That's what they're going to ask a salesperson. You win those conversations on the front end during that 80% when they're vetting you and you don't know they exist, your business is going to change. Yeah, but Marcus, I'm a roofer, I'm a plumber, I'm an HVAC specialist, and I can't give out my pricing. That's right. <laughs> what That's do you right. say? Yeah. So pricing, of course, this is a subject that I've spoken about all over the world, and I've had big and small companies have me come in and just help them learn how to talk about money. The problem with when you mention cost and price, people naturally think you're saying, I have to put my specific prices on my website. That's not the case at all. What do you have to do? Well, if you're, let's say, a plumber, and let's say you mainly do residential, and you mainly do residential bathrooms, so you might produce an article on your website, a video that says, um, how much does it cost to plumb a home? Or it might be something specific. How much does it cost to uh, plumb a new toilet or something like that, you know, or fix a new toilet, whatever the thing is. So there's all these different types of questions that people have that they're researching the cost of. Now, here's what you need to do. Five things. Number one, what drives the cost of that particular product or service up? What are the factors in the industry? Number two, what are the factors that drives the cost of that down? Right? There's a bunch of factors. Number three, why are some companies so expensive? Number four, why are some companies so cheap? 
Now, this is where we get in that whole, the first four is all about value in the marketplace. Because the biggest key when you talk about cost and price is teaching the marketplace what value looks like. Everybody wants value. They don't necessarily want the cheapest, but what they want is the best value. I want to feel like I'm getting the best thing for the best price, i.e. value, right? And so that's what we have to, that's, that's what we have to teach. That's what we have to teach. And then finally, number five part of a cost price page, video, et cetera, article is where do you fall roughly? When I say roughly, let me explain in the, in the terms of, let's say, a roofer. So let's say you, um, let's say you wanted to do an article on how much does um, it cost to install a new roof on a home. So your first part is going to be, okay, so you're wanting to know how much is it going to cost me roughly to install a new roof on my home? Well, there's a lot of factors that you need to consider. Let's cover each one of those factors and how they would potentially drive the cost up or keep the cost down, right? So that's going to be your first like 500 words or whatever, right? And then you're going to say, now let's talk about in the industry why some companies are expensive and why some companies are cheap. So let me give you an example of some of the different types of roofing companies out there, okay? You've got some folks that just do it alone. Here's the pros and cons of that. You've got some folks that do it and don't have insurance. Here's the mm -hmm. pros and cons for you using someone that doesn't have insurance in your marketplace, right? You have other companies that are going to be more expensive but here's what they include, and here's what makes them what would be a top tier in terms of quality and craftsmanship. Now, here at part five, here at Marcus Sheridan Roofing Company, we generally fall in this range. Our typical roof replacement is somewhere in the you know fifty to a hundred thousand dollar range. Now you might say fifty to hundred thousand dollar range is very expensive. That's because most of our homes are you know uh, two million dollar homes we're getting the finest uh, shingles or roofing materials available mm -hmm. in the market today you know it's a we typically deal with and specialize in high-end homes and that's our specialty because we want it to be the best in the world at that and so if you're looking for a roof replacement for a high-end home well then we might be a great fit for you but if you're looking for a roof replacement that is a very simple house that's probably less than $100,000, there's a very good chance, or less than $50,000, there's a very good chance that we're not going to be your best option. Now, what just happened? What happened is I taught them all about the marketplace. And at the same time, for the person that has a high-end home, they love me. They freaking love me now because they're thinking to themselves, there's somebody here that knows who he is. He just specializes in my home. Mm. I want the person that specializes in my home, right? Versus a generalist. Generalist. That's mm. right. Which yeah. as we as we both know, that can be the death of becoming known for anything is just being a generalist. So that's an example of a pricing page or video on your website just now. Yeah, it you know, I think it's very simple. Do you find when you present this to small business owners, they go, oh, yeah, this makes sense? Or or sometimes does it take a little bit longer for them to get it? Well, it takes about um, 16 minutes to get it. Okay. Because that's, <laughs> that's, how, that's how long my um, – that segment of the talk is. Yeah. Now, of course, I didn't give that segment just now, but there's a psychology behind cost and price. 
right? And there's basically three reasons why we don't talk about cost and price. Number one, we feel like, okay, every job is different. It's a very customized solution. Well, we just talked about that, how you can address how the what drives costs up, down, et cetera. Number two reason is we don't want to give our pricing away to our competitors. We don't want our competitors to see it, which is ridiculous because if you've been in the game for any period of time, you probably have already a pretty good sense as to what your competitors charge. And if you have a good sense as to what they charge, it means they've got a good sense as to what you charge. And besides that, when was the last time your competitors paid your bills? It doesn't make any sense, but yet we do this in business. Third reason why we don't like to talk about cost and price is we say, well, we tend to be more expensive. And if we're more expensive, we just might scare them away. The thing that actually scares somebody away during the buyer's journey is when they can't get information. That's what annoys us, pisses us off, leads us to be frustrated, or just makes us say, oh, I just don't feel good about this, right? So that lack of knowledge leads to inertia on the part of the, of the buyer, whereas education leads to action. What, what happens is we say, well, I don't want to talk about cost and price because it'll commoditize what I'm selling. Mm. When in reality, what commoditizes anything is a lack of understanding of value in the marketplace. And so in the marketplace sees two roofers, let's say, and both roofers say, yeah, I can, I can put a new roof on for you. And one costs you know, 35% less than the other. And the person thinks they're basically getting the exact same product and service. Well, they're going to choose the cheapest one. Mm-hmm. That's called commoditization. So it's only through education can you decommoditize that product or service that you sell. Now, last point I'll make about this. When it comes to every single question in your industry, what is best? What are the negatives with? What are the drawbacks with? Okay, all these things. You have a choice. Either you can own the conversation and they can learn from you or they can learn from your competitors. Which would you choose? That is so powerful because I use that. Um, <laughs> I tell I tell home service companies all the time, and I ask them actually, do you do this on your website? And of course, I already know the answer. They're like, <laughs> no. Does your competition do it? I'm not sure if they do it. Well, you don't want them to be doing it. You <laughs> want to do it. You want to be the first one because if – if Mrs. and Mr. Smith are looking for a new roof and in your little town, they've looked at four roofers online and you're the only roofer who is answering their question. Right. And trust me, what you're answering is a question of theirs. It may not be all their questions, but some of them. And then when they can go through the podcast, the videos, the audio, all of you know, all the blogs, and they're spending hours before they invest 30, 40, 60 thousand dollars in a roof. They've already gotten to know you because you've got them in your net, and then they feel good because you're answering questions and you're honest and you're open. They're not going to even call the other ones. They're going to call you first or mm-hmm. fill out that form on your website first and maybe have some backups, but they're already in love with you, and you really have to unsell them at some point to get them off of your love list. Don't you agree? <laughs> That's a and that's a beautiful problem to have, right? That's a beautiful problem. This is this is but this is this is the goal and this is the opportunity that everybody has. This is why I love the blue collar space too, because if you're just willing to do these things, mm-hmm. less than five percent of your industry, if you're listening to this right now, is gonna is gonna do anything Jim and I are talking about today. Less than five percent of your competitors. And so 
just by taking simple actions, simple actions. And you don't have to break the bank. You don't have to spend a ton of money. I didn't have any money when I was doing this stuff. I wasn't a great writer when I started. I wasn't good with video. And that's that's the thing that I know you've you've had to teach so many people, Jim, and the great services that you provide for your clients here in the home services spaces. You got to learn to embrace the messy. There's a clunkiness <laughs> like that comes. That. <laughs> yeah, you just got to embrace the messy, right? There's a clunkiness that comes with evolving with the marketplace. Mm. But there was a clunkiness in 1996 when we all started to embrace this thing called electronic mail. And what's interesting is a lot of the folks in the home improvement space didn't want anything to do with it. Mm. It's like, oh, that's technology. I ain't going to mess with that. And how'd it go for them? Didn't go well. Mm-hmm. You get on board or you get left behind. We see it over and over and over again. These are the things that's happening, right, with video. Every single roofer, every single person that's home home improvement should do a video before and after video of every single project they do this year. If they don't, they're on drugs because you're just missing a tremendous opportunity to show your story to the world. But yet most won't do it. You got a phone right now. You spend too much time on your phone anyway. Dag on it. Do something productive with it. Do before and after videos, before, during, and after videos of every project you do this year. It's simple. It takes almost no time. And your kid that's eight years old can edit it for you. Trust me, they probably can, right? Mm -hmm. And so these are the things that we could and should be doing. We have to get over ourselves. It doesn't, marketplace doesn't care if you like video, doesn't care if you like how you sound on camera or how you look on camera or how you sound on audio or any of these things. What the marketplace cares about is, can I get my stinking questions answered? Can I get my fears resolved? That's what they want to know. Okay. And uh, the moment we get over ourselves as business owners and we say, it ain't about me. It's not about my opinions. It's about what does the marketplace want? That's when magic starts to happen with your business. So both Marcus and I can help you out in different ways. I want you to talk about impact and how you can help any company do this themselves. By, I guess you you know, build the framework for them and, and you show them what they can do on their own time with possibly hiring a couple more people on their staff to just do video, for instance. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, it's actually you know you and I have really complementary services, uh, Jim, which is which is super cool, and it's kind of cool that we're doing this this podcast together today. So, you know, there's some contractors that are listening to this right now, and there's just either they're so small they could really never you know do any of these things that you know I'm talking about at scale. Uh, they they're not looking to have a plus five million dollar company per se, or they're just not ready to make some of these bigger marketing investments, right? And so they would they should be using your service all day long. You know I've talked about your service. I'm a big believer in it, and I think if you're listening to this right now and you haven't checked out Jim's stuff, you should. Now for the company that's saying, you know what, I want to build a legacy business. I want to have something like the magic number in roofing is five million. If you get over five million dollars as a roofer, you're big. You're you know you're 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 serious. Your serious roofer, okay, at least in the residential space. And so, is it possible for you to do that? And I'm talking about being five million and profitable, not five million and just like losing your tail. I'm talking about being five million profitable, right? And so, we help companies that want to do they ask you answer. We coach them uh, throughout everything you read in the book, 
we're going to coach, train, teach you how to do. So we're not going to do any work for you. We're going to help you produce your own content. And oftentimes that means they're going to bring on somebody that's like a content manager, videographer type of person. But that person can be a big game changer, right? Because instead of you worrying about it on every single job, your videographer comes out and makes sure that you know, you have that story and that you're showing it on social media and things like that. And so I think that's a great place to uh, to be and to go as a business. It gives you a lot of flexibility and liberty to, to just reach uh, content heights that you didn't realize possible and therefore scale your business. And we have a lot of people that have done the Ask You Answer. They started small and, you know, they were maybe a million dollars and then became five and they could be 10. I've got a lot of companies that have crossed, you know, that, you know, $20 million uh, number as blue collar businesses, which is very, very exciting. It's very, very possible. So that's how impact helps. Marcus, I know that you're not shy by giving out your email address because you give it out in your book. Can mm-hmm. you can you give that out for people to contact you or the best way for someone to reach your team at Impact? Yeah, best way to reach out to me is Marcus at MarcusSheridan.com. That's one of the s- simplest, easiest ones to remember. I am pretty prolific on LinkedIn. So if you're using LinkedIn by chance, um, even if you don't use it, if you want to find my best content and keep up with it, it's found right there on LinkedIn. So you're welcome to um, to, to find me there uh, anytime. And uh, if you like fishing, you can find me at Saltwater Fishing University as well on YouTube because I've got a pretty freaking awesome fishing channel because that's my uh, side passion, as you mentioned earlier, yeah. Jim. It's one of my loves. But Impact, you can reach us, reach find us at impactplus.com. Got a lot of videos, free videos, free courses that are They Ask You Answer based. For anybody that's listening to this, if you really want to learn more without spending any money at all, you can go to impactplus.com and you'll get tons of free information. If you want to spend a little bit of money, get the book. All of Marcus's information, including links to his book on Amazon and all his particulars will be in the notes of this podcast. So you can just mouse over and click it or click with your finger on your phone and you can get all the information you need. Marcus, I could talk to you for hours, days, weeks, probably about this. You and I are really related, like you had said a little while ago. Uh, we have complementary businesses. You can do a lot more at a higher level for a larger company that's willing to make investments in their team. And, you know, I just think it's amazing. And so when I first read your book, <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is like written for me and my clients because we're doing a lot of this, but we we didn't have it all dialed in. It was like the last two numbers to the combination and the safe right. open. And I'm like, this is going to change my life. A good friend of mine, Tommy Mello from A1 Garage Doors recommended your book. And he recommends books to me all the time. So I'm like, okay, here's another book. I'd not heard of you. I'd not heard your story. And I listen on Audible a lot. Because I can do more than one thing. I can ride my bike, I, you know, work out, mow the lawn, whatever it is. And I'm like, wait a second. Is this guy spying on me, this Marcus guy? <laughs> because this is the these are the last pieces to really connect the dots for my clients in my business model. And mm-hmm. so we we truly have subscribed to it, if you will. We've adopted it kind of stolen it sorry bud but <laughs> and for you and and it's it's just fantastic but i want everyone to know that i only do something at a certain level for 
for the home service group uh, specifically, and Marcus can do it for all kinds of different ones at, at a larger scale. And certainly, if anybody wants to talk to me first about what Marcus does, I know a lot because I've read his book four or five times. I've studied him. <laughs> I've I've gone to Orlando to see him speak, which I suggest if you can do that, that's fantastic. If you can ever see Marcus speak, it's great. And and so I am I am in this very deep, my friend. Well, you've done a service to your audience, uh, Jim, and it was a pleasure being on here. Hopefully, folks will reach out and, uh, like I said, anytime. Ask me questions if you're listening to this, but um, I think I think the blue collar home improvement space is a great place to be in right now. So much opportunity. It's a great time to be alive in this space. So I wish everyone the best. It is a great time. It's basically recession proof if you believe in something as such. It's 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 a fantastic place to be. People need to live somewhere, and they need their toilets fixed and the roof replaced. Marcus Sheridan, thank you so much. All of Marcus's information will be found in the notes of this podcast. Once again, Marcus, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me today on Bring On Success. My pleasure.